0: To the surprise of everyone, yes, we're going to talk about rap. In this episode of Cutcast, we and our audience will learn more about the history of the genre and the specifics when we talk about Brazilian and North American rap.
1: For this episode, we have the help of the journalist and creator Felipe Mascari and Luca DL, a Brazilian rapper who lives in New York. Felipe Mascari is the owner and producer of his own YouTube channel, TV where he talks with famous Brazilian rappers. We interviewed him and today we are aiding
0: his contributions to this episode. So girls, let's beat the rap out, let's do it! I'm Emanuele Almeida. I'm Julia Colombo. I am Desiria Cis. I am Lohana Marino
1: and welcome to on UNESP, a podcast produced for the
0: English class of the journalism course. So, first, it is important first to know that the purpose of the episode is to compare the rap culture in Brazil and the United States. This
2: episode will analyze their formation processes, the public reception, their dissemination, and what is unique about the gender in each country. So Luca, our first question is, what is different and what is similar between Brazilian and North American rap?
3: I think like the Brazil Brazilian rap is a lot of the times on a slight time delay of American rap. So American rap will do something and then it'll take a while to get to Brazil. So sometimes if you listen to Brazilian rap, it'll be what was big in the US a couple of years ago. So like trap had like a phase in Brazil lately, even though in the US, it's kind of like going away from trap right now but hopefully like things like Anita or Greg Ferreira, those people who are doing stuff here, will kind of flip that in the sense that like, we'll create a trend that then the US follows. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with like, I'm, I'm sure you know who Drake is obviously, but I don't know if you're familiar with that. Like Drake loves kind of uh, taking other, like younger artists sounds and kind of not stealing, but he'll like take inspiration from a lot of places. So I think there's a good potential for something like that to happen where like a Drake of the world will see a Brazilian artist and kind of mimic the sound. And then I think that's how the sound becomes mainstream in the U.S. Uh, A good example is like Drake took the British like drill type of sound in his last album. And then that kind of like now Americans love drill like Stormzy and like the U.K. Uh, England guys, so hopefully Brazil's next or something like that. It would be nice to hear.
2: But to really understand this matter, we have to bring back the history of rap in both countries. The janger started in Jamaica and came to the United States from the migration of the Jamaican population to
0: the country in the 70s. It is important for us to know that the first characteristic from the beginning is that the rapper, the person who makes the rhymes, has the purpose to talk about the reality that him or her is living. And the rappers that came from Jamaica rhymed about violence, politics, sex, drugs, policy abuse, and brought that kind of critic with them when they arrived in the USA.
4: It is also important to say that rap is not just a musical day. it is a part of a social movement called hip-hop, that brings with it the buffet, the breakdance, the performance DJ and the music, the rap. So when we talk about the pioneer of the movement, we have to talk about the Jamaican DJ Kool Herc, who used it to play just instrumental in the brinks of funk and soft music from that time. As in
1: concern of Brazilian rap, it happened under the influence of the American group Public Enemy in the late 80s. The first song released in this style was Cátia Flávia. Yeah, a woman. With the Racionais and the MN, the style became popular among Brazilians, here the style is also called poetry of the
2: streets and in addition to musical importance rap also had social relevance the rappers of our country inspire and encourage the young people of the favelas to move away from crime with streaking messages of struggle and overcoming
1: Mm
4: In fact, if Happy was influenced by American HAP, it was not yet experienced in connection with the particularity of social, cultural, and artistic contests in which young people from the Brazilian favelas experience. With the popularity of the internet, HEP finds a new moment. While the worldwide computer networks Reveals hapers of the new generation, older hapers find it difficult to understand the new scenario.
0: We can see this conflict between generations happening around happy ostentation. While the old generations understand that it doesn't reflect the social claims happy used to rhyme about, the new generation has different motivations. Philip says that he doesn't see this as a problem. Although the theme has changed, the claim is still the same. He sees that showing goods and rhyme about them shows a higher self-esteem level, something that the rap community has fought for long, almost as an inspiration for the future. The newest generation is also
1: more familiar with the internet and is potential to spread their ideas, which was essential to make their voice heard. Some names of this new generation are Emicida, Criolo, Projota, Rapadura and Kamau. they were born in the happy battles.
2: So, Luca, you're part of that generation that has the ability to use social media to expand their public in your favor, which I think it's essential to you since you're a foreign living in the US and have to conquer your public there. So, do you feel people treat you differently because of your nationality? How have you been received there?
3: I think there's always some people who don't, you know, like who aren't fans of immigration in general and would like to keep the U.S. very American. Uh, But I think the people who are in favor and are either immigrants themselves or people who support are more, I guess, liberal in that sense uh then they connect to it very strongly i will say in general though like being an immigrant in the u.s is not easy because it's so closed off you're so limited in everything you can do like in terms of work in terms of like school so that's part of the reason like the original reason i made the song life of an immigrant um is because it was so hard and i'm like I need, to, I need to talk about this because it's it's like almost funny, like how difficult the, the things that they make you do are. So uh, I felt like, yeah, people do like immigrants, but it, some I think we needed like a, a song where we're kind of like making fun of the situation and being like, oh, it's actually kind of hard to be here. Even though this is a great country and I love it, it, sometimes it feels like the country doesn't really like love you back in a sense. So. Life of an immigrant, yeah, just the life of an immigrant. Ah, uh, hey, it's the life of an immigrant, yeah, just the life of an immigrant. Ah, uh, ah, uh, take a step in our shoes, tell me where you stand. Doesn't mean you're different if you're just a low tan. There's so much division and it's hard to understand. So I'm hoping in the future everybody's holding hands.
2: Do you think that this is the message you want to pass through your music?
3: I think so it's more like uh an understand like I want people who are in the US who are immigrants there's no reason for them to know anything about what the difficulties are which isn't their fault you know like why would they need to know that so I think one of the first goals is to kind of get that perspective and try to develop some empathy for both groups and the second one and maybe more important for for immigrants themselves to be like you know I've been thinking about this for so long but it's good to have it's good to know that other people are struggling with the same things to have some who like is talking about the things that I've been thinking about so it's I'm trying to I guess represent the the things that I've heard from my friends and all the things that I know that I deal with personally so yeah it's building some empathy for people who are immigrants and then also the people who are immigrants giving them kind of something that they can relate to
4: how do you see the reception of Brazilian rap in the USA
3: I think it's it's good in the Brazilian community because it's, it's so big, like there's so many Brazilians everywhere and every artist in America, even ones that aren't Brazilian, like you go to their comments and it's all come to Brazil or uh, say hi to Brazil. So I think there was like this huge demand for, like we already like so much American, I guess, content. And there was a demand for like somebody who's Brazilian in, in the U.S. that we could like really rally behind and support. And there's a few people that do that, like Greg Ferreira. I don't know if you guys know him. He's like a rapper who does songs in the U.S., like mixed. Um, And there's like a few other examples of Brazilians who do rap in the U.S., but I thought it would be a good opportunity to me, like get in that space and uh, try to make that work.
0: But girls, why did rap find such a rich soil in Brazil?
2: When rap came to Brazil, the movement found a rich soil in Sao Paulo in the 80s, especially in the suburbs where the slums are. Rap became popular among these publics that used to spread the ideas, moves, and rhymes on Galeria 24
3: de Maio and São Bento Metro Station.
4: And the police repression was harsh, right? Because the country was living its last year of the dictatorship and hap was considered a now mainstream and violent rhythm.
1: However, Public Enemy, the most popular rap group and pioneer of the genre, came all the way from the Bronx in New York City to make a show on Brazilian stages in 1984. They represented the fusion between hap, breakdance, hip hop, graffiti, and the civil rights cause a cause that echoed in the Latin American country.
0: So, from this point, rap spread among all the regions in the city of Sao Paulo where the first rap record companies were founded. Philip mentions that this turning point was responsible for changing the way rapper was seen by the general public. And then we had big names emerging at the early 90s, like Pavilhão Nove, Detentos do Rap, Cambio Negro, X e Dentinho e MV Bill, the rap took control of the main radios in the city.
4: At the same time, the notorious Houstonized MCs became now and started its career abroad, selling discs and recording video clips. So, girls, over the years, hip has changed. Okay, different hitems covered with the traditional beat and created a new style, such as boom and trap.
2: Yeah, Boom bap is a subgenre that became famous in the 90s on the USA's east coast. The style mixes the classic drum beat with rhymes focused on the reality of the streets. It also brings musical references from that North American funk and soul that was happening in the 70s. Boom bap carries names such as Jay-Z. Big L, Benny the Butcher and Black milk in the USA, and Gabriel Pensador and High Kais in Brazil.
1: On the other hand, trap style is also created in the 90s, but only became known in the early 2000s, and nowadays it's one of the most famous rap styles. In 2020, about 33% of the clicks on the streaming programs were directed to trap songs, according to Billboard magazine.
4: Trap is famous due to its experimental style. In Brazil, you can see a lot of funk references in their sonority, which according to Philippe, it's responsible for popularizing this subgenre. It's common for hab to mix different styles. And that's what is happening with Luka.
3: Yeah, I think in Brazil, uh, there's always like the classic Gabriel Pensador, Emicida, Jota, those guys. But I think my main influence in Brazil has been music that's not rap necessarily. Like my my dad always listened to a lot of like Legião Urbana or Raul Seixas, like Cassia Heller. Those types of like, Jorge uh, Benjar, those guys, that I think I really like sonically. And sometimes the beats I try to get, especially in these last two that I've made, I try to like, and the next one I'm making too with a, with a TikToker that uh, I met through this new song that's Brazilian. So I'll, I'll make songs that are kind of have like a Brazilian, bossa nova type of sound to it, which I think is cool. And then in the US, I really like J. Cole. I don't know if you guys, if in Brazil he's very big, but uh, probably not. And um, yeah, or like uh, Lonely Island, they're like a comedy rap type of group. So those types of people I think are influences for me.
4: As in the US, the style mixes Dirty South and Crunk to create a whole new style Innovating inside their own j hair.
1: Travis Scott, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar are some of the trap big names. While in Brazil, we're talking about Yunk Vino,
0: Matuê and Tasha and Tracy. I don't know if you dear listener have noticed, but that is the first time we mention a female rapper. This is one of the many issues rap faces nowadays. Philip says that although we have Nicki Minaj and Cardi B in the USA conquering their space on the scene, in Brazil it is hard to see the same thing happening. He gave us an example of his
2: own reality, right? In his YouTube channel TV, it is notable that the number of views in videos in which he interviews women are very different.
0: That's right, Jill. We can see that Yeonjun's video has 6.5 thousand views. Crystal's video only has 650, only 10% of the male rapper, and this can also be seen in the music industry.
2: But this is not the only polemic topic that surrounds modern rap. Currently, the white protagonism in rap has been questioned. To Felipe, the problem is when white people try to take the places that were supposed to be occupied by black people.
4: For example, record companies many times prefer signing contracts with white rappers, such as Rashid. These white rappers also benefited from advertising that became popular between the black community, like Lacoste. As a white hamper, Luca recognizes his place in the subject.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was ex- kind of expecting th- this question. I mean, it's very difficult to to answer, uh, and like it's tough for me to deal with. Too like sometimes I ask myself, like, am I being am I being corny? Am I being somebody who's like appropriating the culture? And I think that's a difficult question to answer. But it's something that I am aware of and I try my best to like make music that isn't pandering to a certain group. Like I'm making music that I like to listen to and that uh, I want to put out there that feels real to me. I think that's the most important thing. If you're trying to be something that you're not, sometimes I think it would be like trying to take something from another culture. But I also have like a, a really good appreciation for and, and I know that I'm kind of a guest in this in this space, you know? And uh, I will definitely do my best to not do anything that's against that or do anything that would be disrespectful to the community or anything like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that's difficult to, to comprehend, I guess, as an artist that's not African-American.
4: So girls, I guess we can forward to the end of the episode, huh? After all, this line of look closes with a golden key our proposal here, right? <laughs> Will you resume the main parts of the episode? We started by pointing out the main differences between Brazilian HAP for North American HAP. We still remember the main facets of HAP today, whether in Brazil or the USA. The dissemination, reception, and popularization of rap has also been different in both countries. There are several strengths that makes this music style the most listened to in the world. We say goodbye around here and hope from the heart that you have understood each of these points. It was a pleasure to be here with you today. Thanks for listening to us.
1: We're done with the episode here. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Bye-bye. See
2: ya.